Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who wishes he had a remote control helicopter, my non-electronic friend, Eddie. Why are you today, Eddie? <laughs> I'm doing well. A little hoarse. Lots of, lots of words. Big surprise, everybody. I have a tendency to talk a lot in a day. I absolutely would love a remote control helicopter, and I like electronics, too. So there, James B. I just don't think you've used an like, electronic person. Are you? Well... That's true. Inspired by electronics. I would love I mean, to do you, more. So. But you like you're like, I'm gonna go build an outhouse and then you know, break some stones. Hey, I put a three D printer together not too long ago and I've been printing things. Wait till we get some Spider Man themed things. <laughs> okay. Well then I'll work it into the intro. But um looking at our show notes, it doesn't mention that we have a guest because she's basically practically our third person on the podcast these days. Are you a guest if you've appeared ten times on Let's Read Spider Man? I don't know, but welcoming back one more time, the perennial Sarah Pezzle. How are you doing today, Sarah? I am fantastic. I'm glad to be back. And I also do have a remote control Spider-Man helicopter, so I am a fan of that. Wow, I totally agree. We, I need a life-size one. With You could be Spider-Man and I could fly the helicopter, I guess. No one understands what we're talking about because no one's read this issue yet. Let's explain to the listeners who definitely have not read the issue what is going on from november of 1977 the amazing spider-man number 174 the hitman's back in town written by len ween illustrated by ross andrew embellished by mooney and dezunga the punisher is out punishing in typical fashion this time stopping some left-wing gorillas from stealing weapons from the 34th street armory i can't be down with the punisher he kills people it upsets me every time he kills someone bad start to this book for me everyone I'm glad you're not the only person on this podcast, Eddie, because the Punisher barely kills anyone. At best, he shoots one person who says, ugh, and that soldier accidentally shoots a comrade. This is super tame, and your bias against gun-toting characters is on full display. Sarah, glad you're here. Do you think 1977 Punisher is killing too many or too few people? Well, in the book, the building comes down and kills most of the people inside. However, the Punisher grapples the guy with the bazooka, which shoots the building down. I don't know if Punisher like did that on purpose or if he could avoid it, but he was partly responsible for their deaths. So yes, he is killing people, but that's what that character does. Hmm. Well, as long as it's not Spider-Man, I guess I don't have a problem. <laughs> Speaking of our webbed hero, while a Attempting to sneak back into his apartment, Spider-Man is once again vanquished by Mrs. Muggins, who unknowingly hits him with a bucket of ammonia. Thankfully, our hero survives, but reflects how he will need extra time for his wounded arm to heal after he was shot by a security guard in the Molten Man issues not too long ago. Uh, in a considerably shadier part of town, one of my least favorite villains, the Hitman, is being contracted to capture J. Jonah Jameson. Fortunately, we change seeds to see Peter and Flash trying to console Harry, who's completely lost control after Liz has left him. While Flash alludes that Harry is better off without her, he flips out and attacks him. <coughs> Flash and Peter quickly take Harry to a psychiatrist where Dr. Hamilton sedates Harry and eyes peter oddly uh once again this therapist is creepy the last couple of times i saw him got creepy vibes from him i think it's pretty clear too that he knows peter is spider-man right am i reading this too much i don't know a lot about therapists but if you 
get upset, can I drive you to your therapist and then they could just sedate you? Like, is that really a thing? I, I don't think you're reading into it too much. He clearly knows something about Peter Parker, and it really makes me wonder if the therapist knows he's Spider-Man as well. There's something up with the therapist for sure, and I think maybe he's a villain in the future. Oh, James B. and I have discussed this. It seems likely. Speaking of villains, though, at the Bugle, J. Jonah is showing his new lady friend, Marla Madison, around when the hitman takes him hostage. Resourceful Marla sounds the alarm, and we see both the Punisher and Spidey heading to J. Jonah's rescue. A battle ensues in which, despite Spider-Man and the Punisher being present, the Hitman manages to get J. Jonah onto a tiny helicopter. And we end with the Punisher and Hitman shooting at each other from the roof and the helicopter. I really tried to like this book. No, that's not true at all. As soon as I saw the Hitman, not interested, James B. Tell me I'm wrong, Sarah. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, the costume that the hitman was wearing reminded me a lot of a basic Hydra agent, like just like a general Hydra grunt. And uh, <laughs> his bullet be- belt was way over the top, but that also gives off a Punisher vibe. Okay. Despite a lousy villain like the hitman, I actually thought this book was pretty good. Now, Eddie, I had some problems with the fourth to last page. So I don't know if you have it open or not, but on that page, Spider Man creates with his web a gas mask <laughs> you know i don't even know what to say about that i couldn't i wasn't even gonna bring it up because how irritating is this <laughs> yeah okay let's put that aside sarah eddie didn't like this book i liked it what'd you think there are some things I did like, um, like how Marla used the intercom to notify the rest of the Bugle staff about the hitman when he was in the Bugle. Uh, it was nice to have other characters like Robbie and Glory involved. And I also liked how Spider-Man webbed Hitman in the eyes to defeat him. It really reminded me of some older Doc Ock stories, and I love those. I also really loved the cliffhanger at the end. I was excited to move on to the next issue. Speaking of the next issue, from December of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man number 175, Big Apple Battleground, by Ween, Andrew, and Moody. We open with the hitman escaping on his helicopter with J. Jonah. Thankfully, Spidey tags the craft with a tracer, despite his injured arm not throwing well. Inside the bugle, Joe Robbie and Gloria Grant comfort Marla Madison after watching her love interest kidnapped Joe reveals his deep loyalty to J. Jonah while Marla recovers. While tracking the hitman's whirly bird, the Punisher gives us some backstory about how the hitman saved him in Vietnam. Uh, Let me be really clear here. The Punisher is saved by the hitman, but he barely knows the guy before or after this heroic act. Uh, It's it's so brief. The connection between them is ridiculously weak. Eddie... Eddie, we've discussed that the Punisher is just the good guy version of the Hitman. I mean, if he's a good guy still. But Sarah, should it surprise Eddie that they share a backstory? No, of course the characters have to be connected. I also think it's a good idea to have the Punisher owe the Hitman a life because it will add another complication to the story. Yeah, well, increased drama. Well, uh, speaking of, we return to Harry at his therapist's. Uh, during discussion, Harry is insulted and flips out again, attacking Dr. Hamilton. <laughs> he beats the doctor to unconsciousness or death and declares, Now, at last, the time has come for the Green Goblin to live again. 
Uh, it's great to see Harry out of his befuddled stupor and back to murdering. We wouldn't have it any other way, would we? Uh, I I swear, two issues ago, he was asking Peter to be his best man. I'm not sure if that's still in effect or not. But I'm blaming Mark Raxton for this. This is all uh, Bolton Man's fault. I also think it's interesting how Harry refers to Dr. Hamilton as the only one who could possibly oppose him. Like, what about Spider-Man? It makes no sense ah. to me. You know, I did not even catch that. I'm going to be honest. I... I, I, now that you say it, I remember, but I didn't even think about that. Eddie, why don't you continue with the summary and I'll pay better attention. Sure. On a boat passing under the Brooklyn Bridge, we see the hitman and his employer taking J. Jonah to the Statue of Liberty. With some help from some left-wing gorillas in the boats, the baddies take J. Jonah to the top of the statue, anticipating a symbolic capitalist sacrifice, but Spidey and the Punisher show up. A battle ensues, resulting in Spidey nearly falling off the Statue of Liberty with J. Jonah in hand, but the Punisher saves the pair as the hitman falls to his death. Let me count the number of people who are killed in this book. I'm going for the number of 11. Boo. Boo. That's all I have to say. Gun experts in Spider-Man are too gruesome for me. I hate how there's no, you know, don't have like a stun gun setting, at least when you're shooting a laser and not an automatic rifle, you know, there's some possibility and it makes the graphics drawn much more boring for me. Uh, I know we usually skip over the fight scenes, um, but I like the illustrations of Spidey contorting himself in battle, you know, when he's slugging it out. Uh, that combined with their generally terse mentality make Hitman and Punisher no fun to read. I, I have to do so much work when we have gun-toting villains because you're just... I, such I don't a like them. <laughs> yeah, you're a big baby of this. So here's the best thing you can do in podcasting, which is glance over a book while you talk about it. But that being said, I'm going to just check 175 right now. I think I'm taking the under of this ridiculous 11 deaths. So I am looking right. at the first page here, and I'm like, maybe... I don't think the Punisher and Spider-Man killed these security guards, so I'm good there. I'm, I'm already on, like, page six. Do we count Viet Cong people being killed I'm, in a flashback? I'm counting them. I'm counting. This is more shooting. Whether the Punisher what? killed him today or he killed him in Vietnam, he's still killing people. The so. Vietnam Wars are completely... Sarah, do, do we have to count the Vietnam War as part yes. of the... No, I wouldn't count a flashback. Oh. Thank you. This, uh, is Doc... Do you guys agree Dr. Hamilton's not dead, right? He just got beaten up. He can't be, no. Right? He's not dead. Uh, I'm watching the rat-a-tat-a-tat. Okay, an arg. I'm like, an arg, but arg doesn't mean anything. That guy is just saying, if you have time to say arg, maybe you're okay. Um, I could see. So there's only two guys who have been shot in the actual present-day book that aren't in the... And then everybody else is fine. So there's two guys who got shot, but they're not dead. They're just saying the arg. The guys. Up. Spoiler. He's yeah, dead. He's down the ground. He's all contorted. Yep, he'll, he'll never he'll never come back never. again. Never. It's over. Actually, you know what? The hitman really does look like he's dead. The hitman <laughs> kills his uh, the guy yeah. he hires yeah, 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 too. Yeah. Where does he kill him? He cut, when he's on the Statue of Liberty. He's standing there and he goes, If you're all that anxious to um, die, friend, I'm more than happy to oblige. All right, fine. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll give you I'll I'll give you I'll give you him. I'll give you the hitman. Okay, I'll I'll There's even give you the two guys the punish bumps off too inside the statue. They don't show it, but they definitely get killed. I'm gonna call this four in total. Final answer. <laughs> Eleven. 
It's very well, clearly eleven. Now the now the <laughs> listeners have a reason to to read it so they can see how wrong you are. And wasn't he using mercy bullets? I, I remember that. I don't remember if it was that point. He he, he does mention mercy bullets. What in, I, I saw this in the notes and I was so, like, what? So good news for the listeners. I went out and did some research on the mercy bullets <laughs> and found a link that has the history of all. It's like the Punisher through time. It's basically up until like here, but he starts off with like, he's using a real gun. Now he's using a stun gun. Now he's using mercy bullets. And he goes through all his different bullets because he's not really determined to be a killer this early. So I, I'll, I'll put that link in our show notes that explains when he's changing weapons and what he's doing. But yes, he's using mercy bullets, which don't kill. He's going to use them for a while too. Cause, he, cause right. it, the, the rule, the, 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 kill. the article, here's the main part. If you don't want to click on the link listers, it basically says that when the Punisher is with other non murdering superheroes, he uses the mercy bullets. When he's right. on his own, he's if, more likely just to kill people. If, if Doc Ock can survive a thermonuclear blast on a Canadian Island inside of a bunker, I <laughs> guess, I guess mercy bullets aren't too far of a stretch, right? That's correct. <laughs> I do expect a book with the Punisher in it, though, to be more gruesome and violent than a Spider-Man book normally would. Um, I do love when these characters are together because of the contrast in morals and the way the Punisher and Spider-Man handle the crimes that they stop. Spider-Man forcing Punisher to use these most mercy bullets still allowed us to experience the qualities of both characters. And so the violence of the Punisher, but the responsibility of Spider-Man. That's the best take on this book that you could possibly have. The two of them, they are a total like dichotomy. Spider-Man barely even jokes when he's around the Punisher, I feel like. I mean, kind of, but the Punisher is, not only is he such a violent character as you stated, but the way he like refers and he narrates, you know, Battle Log 246, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, it's an interesting dichotomy. And remember, the Punisher basically only appears still in spider-man it's pretty wild maybe he's appeared in one other book so far but he's here because so if we haven't seen him he's been waiting around so it feels like oh this guy's been doing his own story he's got all these other things nope this is probably like you know ninth appearance of the punisher of all time but it just feels like he's such an established character already doesn't he yeah he feels super established and when you told me the last time or two times ago that the Punisher doesn't have his own book. I'm like, what? When he shows up, there's no explanation needed. We know all about him. We know his yeah. like vibe. We know his his like mantra of how he lives his life and lots of things about him. Yeah, so. it's like seven to ten more years because he's just he's just a Spider-Man spin-off character. I I I wager a guess that they were afraid to give such a violent. I mean, is there another hero or hero quote semi-hero that could be more violent than the Punisher? Yeah, I don't he's, think so. He's not great for advertising. Uh, speaking of advertising, let's get our sponsor out of the way. Eddie, you may have heard of Mercy Bullets, which is a safe way to shoot people. Well, that same technology has been applied to other parts of your life to make things safer. <laughs> Frank Castle introduces an entire line of affordable, everyday, safe Mercy products. For example, we have Mercy Bread. It's just like bread, but there's not as many dangerous carbs because it's only the crusts. That's safer for your health. Mercy Gasoline. Water down with water. So much safer than regular gasoline. Doesn't burn as easily. It's not as harmful to the environment. Uh, Mercy Parenting is something being practiced these days. You can take classes on how to free up a lot of time by only talking to your children two days a week. 
Now, you might think, how does this work? You don't yell at each other every day, only twice a week. Each week itself, five days in a row is like a fun vacation for everyone and a safer way to parent. So join the tens of others who are enjoying everything the Mercy program has to offer so far. See their two-page ad in the July issue of Nut Fruit Magazine following the article on, on new technologies for insect infestation detection and di <laughs> disinfestation. <laughs> or you can just check them out on TikTok. So Eddie, what do you think? The whole line of Mercy products. Are, are, do any of those appeal to you Mercy like way, way more than the others? Or do they all super appeal to you? So it's like, like I'm like walking my dog. I'm like, hey, don't don't pee on those flowers over there. Kapow, kapow. <laughs> and it, it just, you know, it doesn't kill him. But he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> there is nothing in my copy that I just read to you has anything to do with Mercy Bullets. It's not an uh, ad for Mercy Bullets. What were you listening to? You're, you're approaching this as awkwardly as you did the number of deaths in the comic. Eddie, these are other Mercy products. They're just safer versions of existing yeah. products. Oh, well, okay, all right. So, so you should consider taking the Mercy Parenting. You'll only have to see your kids <laughs> twice a week, and then you wouldn't be such a grouchy dad. Everybody would benefit from Sounds this. Sounds like the next, you know, this is a billion dollar idea for Let's Read Spider-Man. I, I wouldn't want to take it away from the podcast. Let's just, let's just let our listeners, you know, write us in, in droves asking for such mercy products. And um, I'll, I'll just, you know, watch on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As usual, <laughs> thanks for managing our business so effectively, Sarah. Always the voice of reason, always coming through with, you know, the, the good ideas. Could, I don't know if any of these particular ideas appeal to you, or if you have your own ideas for safer things that could be, you know, the mercy way. But, you know, what do you think about this whole line of uh, products? So when you were talking, I was thinking, hear me out. What if there were such thing as mercy dishes, right? Okay. So either yep. they broke themselves or you didn't have to wash them. I just think that would be fantastic. I, I would I would go behind that product. Absolutely. Yeah, I would think I, I like your plan of like a mercy dish is like it looks like a regular dish, but you don't want to be cut yourself because it breaks, like you said, or, or burn yourself when you're washing it. So you just throw them away. Right. That makes perfect sense yeah. to me. So it's, you, done. it's over with. It's some vision wow. of like Sarah Pezzle's dinner party surrounded by Spider-Man objects. And she's like, that was delicious. <laughs> and she just picks her plate up and crashes it against the table. <laughs> no. That's... Head. <laughs> how about how about her Spider-Man helicopter picks it up and just drops it in the garbage? Whoa. See, that's Whoa. how I envision her party going. That would be a dinner party. Wow. Well, any dinner party at Sarah's house would be simply thrilling. Anything else about these books? Well, I thought that it was funny that J. Jonah Jameson second guesses his attitude towards Spider-Man while he's kidnapped. He asks himself in, in quotes, all these years, could I have been wrong about him? And I think it just adds another level to his character. Like there's a part of him that realizes how unfair it is, how he goes after Spider-Man. But then when he's not in danger, it's like he doesn't care any longer. It's about mm. what he wants. What did you think of the overall plot line of the two books? Like what these two books were really about? The political side the of left, things. The leftist guerrillas. Because the hitman is hired by someone who's a shady businessman basically working for these leftist guerrillas. 
you know, it really speaks of what's going on in the world, I guess, at the time, because there are also revolutions going on in Central America and South America. And I think, actually, as much as I really don't like the Hitman and the Punisher, the idea of, like, taking Jay, or taking Jay Jonah, taking James B., <laughs> taking Jay Jonah Jameson <laughs> and sacrificing him as, like, a symbol of capitalism, essentially, they're right. not far off there, you know? That's, that's pretty accurate. Did you, I tried to look up and see if that organization was verbatim. Like sometimes, oh. you know, they'll change it. True. And it's very generic terms, whichever one it was. I want to say it was the People's, was it like the People Liber, People's Liberation Front? Yeah. But there have been like, I like that's the name of like an Ethiopian one, but there was also like the People's Liberation Army and the, right. and the Palestine Elimination Front. You know, there's so many variants. So I think they just said we could pick any of these and apply yeah. it to our story. Hitman doesn't seem to be uh, available anymore. It looks like he also did a little bit of a... <laughs> A little bit of a self-sacrifice comment as he was falling, or was he being sarcastic? You know, when he no. he says to Punisher, "No, he says like you, I owe you a life." Yeah, and he says like, "I didn't say whose life or something." And then he kind of says like, "We're even because I'm dying, right?" I'm not mistaken. He makes True. some kind of some kind of comment that implies his death completes the the debt, which doesn't make too much sense. You know, he says, "I told you you owed me a life, soldier, but I never said it had to be mine." Looks like we're even. He you know, sort of he, accepts it. <laughs> I, I interpret that as like he's trying to be portrayed as a good guy just before he dies. You know, he's like, all right, you know, I, it's fine if I die, but you owe someone, you need to save someone else if you're not saving me. Right. Yeah. And at, at the end, too, I mean, the Punisher's comment, I'd say, I sincerely hope you're right, my friend. For him, at least, the war is finally over. But my war, God help me, may go on forever. I'm like, dang, Punisher. It's like way to be dramatic. Yeah. Wow. Well, it does tie into the to the page the panel just before that. True. Where, where he's implying that like, you know, all he wanted was peace. The hitman, like he wanted to end his life in a way, and that's why the Punisher's like, well, I can't do that yet. I still have a ongoing war thing going on. Uh, he's like, the hitman will not make it to the MCU, but I will. In multiple series, in some bad and some good movies, I got a long ways to go. <laughs> Well, I think it's uh, time to wrap this guy up. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready. Eddie, if people want to tell us that these books are good or bad or that you're terrible at counting how people die, how could they find us? Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. You know, we're going to have Sarah back, I think, for another podcast. But just in case they only listen to this one and want to find out how they could reach Sarah. Sarah, how could they let you know that you did a great job? They can reach me on Twitter uh, by my username, spider underscore panel. And now it's time for the close. I'm Eddie, joined by... James B. And... Sarah. And remember, listeners, if J. Jonah Jameson gets mad at you... Make sure he ends up in a life or death situation. And if you come to rescue him... He may actually like you. Goodbye. 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 Miss Muggins is 2-0 and against Spider-Man. That's right. She is one of his greatest adversaries. <laughs> Douses him in ammonia on his cut arm. You know, we have some questions from the listeners and says, who's the biggest uh, adversary for Spider-Man? You want to modify it now and say Mrs. Muggins? Mrs. Muggins. <laughs> I love her. She's something else.